<laughs> making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. Belated birthday, folks. That's what that was. So um, it's a beautiful, once again, as always, I try to uh, uh, tell you about the beautiful weather in the city of Chicago and always hoping that the weather is great wherever you are in the world. I want to thank you for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, you don't have to do this. You don't have to take, take time out of your busy schedule uh, to tune in, but you do, and I do appreciate it, and I hope you keep listening. Because this is a, I think, a pretty good show. I mean, I've, I've heard from other people uh, who have given the show a, show a um, thumbs up. And I've heard the people who, who have said it could be a little bit better. <laughs> it probably could be a lot better. But right now, it's what it is. So we're going to have to deal with it. All right. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. It is about three or four minutes after 6 p.m. in the city of Chicago. It's a little early in the world, but here it is 6.04 p.m. straight up. We're going all the way an hour, uh, hour and a half, maybe two hours. Tonight depends on how things go. And uh, it's, it's anything goes on the George Wilder Jr. Show, as you always know. Uh, anything goes uh, on the George Wilder Jr. Show, making the world a better place. It's, it's what it is, has always been about for four years. This show has been about making the world a better place. Place. And you say 
to yourself, is the world a better place since four years, four years ago when this show was first um, implemented and on the air and produced? Some will say, hell no. <laughs> Some will say yeah, a little bit, uh, you know, we're progressing. But sometimes it feels like uh, you're progressing when you're talking about making the world a better place. And all of a sudden there's a big setback. Uh, and then we have to try to get over the setback. We have to, uh, everything has a bump in the road. And right now, making the world a better place has a bump in the road, but we have to keep trying. And the only people that can make the world a better place is you and me. I remember that song by Michael Jackson, the late Michael Jackson, Man in a Mirror. If you want to make the world a better place, look, look at, turn around and look at yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. It's you that's uh, going to play a big pivotal part in making the world a better place. Okay, uh, and and as for the George Wilder Jr. show, hate is not allowed here. No lies is about allowed here. If I detect anybody telling a lie on the show, uh, you will be cut off. You know, especially if I know it's a lie and you know it's a lie, and the people listening uh, knows that you're lying. Uh, this show is not about fake news. It's not about lying or uh, putting stuff out there into the world that is totally untrue, unfair, and and for people to suck it up, uh, suck up something that's not true. This show is not about that. We try not to be about that, you know, but there's other shows who who welcome liars, <laughs> but not to George Wilder do this show. All right, be good to one another out there. Always help someone. You know, always help. You feel good when you help someone, especially when you help someone that legitimately needs help. There's a lot of people out there who, who are going to try and con you into helping them, and actually they need no help at all. But you got to really use your uh, smarts about who you're going to help. Make sure the person that you're helping is really, really that person who is in need and need of your help. Always try to go out and help somebody out. Uh, do a lot of community work in your community, you know, especially because, you know, I mean, there are people out there that are, out, there are people out here who are hurting, who are depressed, who are lonely, and they need a helping hand. They don't necessarily need funds or money. They just need, a, you know, somebody, somebody to be there that they need to know that they have a friend. And there's so many people out here who are lonely uh, through no fault of their own, but some are, <laughs> some people, you know, they prefer to be alone. And those, for those people, you have to be happy for For the ones who do not prefer to be alone, um, we have to reach out to them because they need our help. Because loneliness, just like depression, in some cases can be a disease and it can be deadly. You don't want to, you don't want people killing themselves because they're lonely, uh, feeling worthless. Uh, that just cannot cannot go on in, in America. But first, we got to deal with one person, Donald Trump, and uh, I think we're dealing with him. I, I think I think um, there is so much swirling around Donald Trump and his lawyer uh, Michael Cohen that I don't see how they can escape this. They may tiptoe out from under it, but I think Robert Mueller has a telescope on them, on both of them. They're saying now that Michael Cohen could get uh, 20 to 30 years in jail. And how how does Donald Trump escape that? 
I don't know. Anyway, we're going to talk about that much later on into the show. Um, anything goes. I didn't book a guest for today, so, you know, <laughs> maybe someone, uh, a lot of people may, you know, uh, sit back and just relax and we'll do the best we can. All right, you've been listening to the George Martha Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. It is 6.09, folks. Uh, be good to one another out there. Learn something new each day. I, I want to talk about that. Learn something new each day. We all learn something every day, or, or we should. I know I learn something every day. I, I learn something all the time. And I love learning. I love absorbing. I love the fact that I have knowledge of certain things especially things I should have knowledge of. So we all, we learn every day, all the time, no matter what age we are, from six to 76, from 96 to 86, we learn no matter what age we are. As long as we on the, as long as we on earth, we learn every day. And, and, and one of the things about learning is I love to learn things from young people. I love it. I think that's beautiful. Uh, someone a lot younger than me teaching me something that I don't know. And I'm saying, hey, wow, come with it. You know, come on with it. <laughs> I can dig it. I can, I can uh, uh, deal with it. I love learning something from people who are totally, totally younger than I am because that's what it's all about. Uh, there's a new generation that's going to be taking over America in the coming years. And, you, and, I, I, and I'm all for that. I'm all for the... Uh, out with the old and in with the new. I'm all for that. I think that's beautiful. You know, I think that's great to know that young people out there taking, taking control, being leaders in their own right. The uh, future leaders of America. That's beautiful. And we, as I've said before, we all learn something every day, or we should. Every other day, maybe every week, as long as we learn something. Something new. And it doesn't matter how much education you have. You can be a grammar school dropout to to a, a master's degree or whatever you want to call it in something or other, but it doesn't matter. PhD degree, a doctor, but you can still learn things every day. You know, nobody knows everything. Nobody, nobody knows everything. I know there's people out there who claim to know everything. They sound as if they know everything. No one knows everything. There's always some, even some of the most uh, uh, elementary uh, things out here, uh, you don't know. A lot of things, I don't know. I learned something every day. Wow, I should have learned that. Wow, that's great. I should have known that 20 years ago. But do I feel bad about not knowing something that I should have known 20 or 30 years ago? No, I don't. But I'm happy that I know it now. So when I get into a crowd of people who are seem to be a lot smarter than I am, I can hold my own. I won't feel embarrassed. I won't feel as though I'm a dummy or that I'm stupid because I can hold my own in that conversation. So, you know, you learn something every day. I know a lot of people have learned something from the George Wilder Jr. show, and I've learned something from people who have been on the show. I've learned a lot. I've, there's been over 3,000 to maybe 1,000 guests on this show including call-ins, callers. And I've learned something from something from everyone. No matter how little or how minute or how unimportant it may be. It may be bullshit, but I learn something every day all the time. And 
the minute you stop learning, folks, the minute you stop learning, gathering knowledge, you're going to be dead, period. That's the way it should be. We're going to learn for the rest of our lives as we are on this earth, you know, no matter how much education we have. Even if we learn the things that are, that are bad for us, we're going to still learn. You're going to learn whether to do it or not to do it, uh, do some of the things that are not good for us. But you're going to learn these things. And a lot of times we make a lot of mistakes. People make mistakes in life. Uh, and some people, when they make mistakes, they give up. But I know, you, I know you've heard this before. Mistakes are only for people. Mistakes are just learning curves, if you ask me. A mistake, every time I made a mistake, you know, in my youth, I made a mistake. I learned from it. I learned not to do that again. You know, my son makes mistakes. And I always say, if he didn't make that mistake, then he would never, he would never be able to learn from it. So I say, hey, make all the mistakes you want. And then we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about it. You know. All right, Jamila. <laughs> oh, wow, I'm, I'm drifting off here. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. It's a great day in the city of Chicago, and I hope it's a great day where you are. And um, it's beautiful out here. I have, as always, folks, I'm in my studio. You know, it, it's it's kind of quaint here, but I'm near the lake. We have windows windows all over the place, so I'm out here on the avenue looking out, just like like some of these uh, media outlets. I mean, you 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 see them in their new news studio, and basically, in the back of them, in the back of them, there's a great big window where, you know, um, where people can uh, look in and look inside and see them broadcast the news or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's great. It's beautiful. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to do this and we're going to come back with some things to say. George Wilder Jr. Show, broadcasting live out of Chicago, and we are helping to make the world a better place, one show at a time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for finding the show, downloading the show, and just having a great time. Here we go.
was deliberately and artificially inflated to get it up to 10. It's a padded list. Here's what they did. About 5,000 years ago, a bunch of religious and political hustlers got together to try to figure out how to control people, how to keep them in line. People in this country, they're all gone now, replaced by senior citizens. Somehow we wound up with millions of these unfortunate creatures known as golden agers or mature adults. These are cold, lifeless, antiseptic terms, typically American, all ways of sidestepping the fear of aging. And it's not difficult to understand the fear of aging. It's natural and it's universal. No one wants to get old. No one wants to die. But we do. We die. And we don't like that. So we shade the truth. I started doing it when I reached my 40s. I'd look in the mirror at that time and think, well, I guess I'm getting older. That sounded a little better than old. Sounded like it might even last a bit longer. But people forget that older is comparative, and they use it as an absolute. She's an older woman. Oh, really? Older than what? Than she used to be? Older than dirt. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, people think getting old is bad because they think being old is bad. But you know Life's something? Not bad. Being old is just fine. In fact, it yeah, can be I terrific. Think, I think so. And anyway, it's one of those things you don't get to choose. It's not optional. But that insufferable group among us known as baby boomers, ages 42 through 59 as of 2005, are beginning to get old. And they're having trouble dealing with that. Remember, these baby boomers are the ones who gave us this soft, politically correct language in the first place. So rather than admit they're getting old, the baby boomers have come up with a new term to describe themselves as they approach the grave. They don't care for middle-aged. So instead, get this, folks. Instead, they claim to be pre-elderly. Don't you love that? Pre-elderly. It's a real word. You don't hear it a lot, but it's out there. The boomers claim that if you're between 50 and 65, you're pre-elderly. But I'd be willing to bet that in 2011, when they begin turning 65, they will not be calling themselves elderly. I have a hunch they'll come up with some new way of avoiding reality. And I have a suggestion for them. They should call themselves the pre-dead. It's a perfect term because for them, it's accurate. And it's highly descriptive. By the way, those ever-clever boomers have also come up with a word to describe the jobs they feel are most suitable for retired people who wish to keep working. They call these jobs elder-friendly. Isn't that sad? God, that's just <laughs> really, really sad. And so, to well, sum it up, we have these senior citizens. And whether I like that phrase or not, unfortunately, I got used to it and I no longer react too violently when I hear it. But there is still one description for old people that I'll never accept. That's when I hear someone describe an old guy as being, for instance, 80 years young. Even though I know it's tongue-in-cheek, it makes my skin crawl. It's overly cute and precious, and it's an evasion. It's junk language. 
On CBS's I 60 Minutes, Leslie Stahl, God help her, actually referred to some old man as being a 90-something. Please, Leslie, mm. I need a small personal break here. One last pathetic example in this category. On the radio, I heard Matt Drudge actually refer to people of age. And he wasn't being sarcastic. He said the West Nile virus is a particular threat to people of age. Poor Matt. Apparently, he's more fucked up than he seems. <laughs> now, going to an adjacent <laughs> subject, one unfortunate fact of life for many of these 80 or 90-somethings is that they're forced to live in places where they'd rather not be. Old people's homes. So what name should we use for these places where we hide our old people? When I was a little boy, there was a building in my neighborhood called the Home for the Aged. It had a copper sign on the gate, Home for the Aged. It always looked deserted. I never saw anyone go in. Naturally, I never saw anyone come out either. Later, I noticed people started calling those places nursing homes and rest homes. Apparently, it was decided that some of these old people needed nurses, while others just needed a little rest. What you hear them called now is retirement homes, or long-term care facilities. There's another one of those truly bloodless terms, long-term care facilities. But actually, it makes sense to give it a name like that, because if you do, you make it a lot easier for the person you're putting in there to acquiesce and cooperate with you. I remember old people used to tell their families, Whatever you do, don't put me in a home. Please, don't put me in a home. But it's hard to imagine one of them saying, Whatever you do, don't put me in a long-term care facility. So calling it that is really a trick. Come on, Grandpa, it's not a home. It's a long-term care facility. By the way, while we're on this subject of the language of getting old, I want to tell you something that happened to me in New York on a recent evening. I was standing in line at the Carnegie Deli to pay my check, and there was a guy ahead of me who looked like he was in his 60s. He gave the cashier a $10 bill, but apparently it wasn't enough. When the cashier mentioned it to him in a nice way, he said, Oh, I'm sorry, I guess I had a senior moment. And I thought how sad that was. To blame a simple mistake on the fact that you're in your 60s, even if you're just sort of joking. As if anyone would think a 20-year-old couldn't make the same mistake. I only mention this because it's an example of how people can brainwash themselves by adopting popular language. I wanted to pull him aside and say, Listen, I just heard you refer to yourself as a senior. And I wanted to ask, Were you by any chance a junior last year? Because if you weren't a junior last year, then you're not a senior this year. I wanted to say it, but I figured, why would he listen to me? After all, I'm still a freshman. <laughs> all right, George Carlin on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, as we know, George was a great, great, great comedian. And the things he talked about, the satire that he provided when he was doing his shows were just awesome. Awesome. And, I mean, anything, I think he died around maybe five or six years ago. Uh, but um, if you listen to his, uh, if you listen to anything he says, especially on stage, it could be incorporated into what's going on in the world today. And that's why I love so much to have a clip of him on the show, 
even though he's deceased. I think he was one of the greatest and one of the best comedians alive. You know, I mean, you, you talk about your comedians, you talk about people who, uh, who are just smart and intelligent and just saw things the way they probably, probably were meant. And that's George Carlin. If anybody, if, if anybody, uh, uh, remembers George Carlin, or if you if you don't know the, know him at all, do some research on him and listen to. Uh, you can find him on YouTube. You can Google him uh, and uh, listen to some of the things that he has to say about a lot of things. Uh, generally, uh, things that are uh, pertaining to life in general. You know, he's talking about old people, young people, uh, politics. I mean, it's it's all there, and it all makes sense. That's the thing about it. It makes sense when George talks about it. It really does. George Carlin, uh, the late comedian, uh, you know, I think he, he passed away, uh, I'm thinking maybe five to ten years ago. But his his presence still looms. And the things that he talks about, uh, uh, just everyday things, uh, politics, you name it, uh, he just gives it a new twist that makes a lot of sense. All right, George Carlin on the George Wilder Jr. Show, which is a clip of him. And uh, he, he will be a mainstay on this show because I just, I just think he's just awesome. Uh, okay, we're going to do this and we'll be right back. I believe it's the Electoral College. Uh, About the Electoral oh, okay. College and why it matters. All right, I know this doesn't sound like the most sensational topic of the day, but stay with me because I promise you it's one of the most important. To explain why requires a very brief civics review. The President and Vice President of the United States are not chosen by a nationwide popular vote of the American people. Rather, they are chosen by 538 electors. This process is spelled out in the United States Constitution. Why didn't the founders just make it easy and let the presidential candidate with the most votes claim victory? Why did they create and why do we continue to need this electoral college? The answer is critical to understanding not only the Electoral College, but also America. The founders had no intention of creating a pure majority rule democracy. They knew from careful study of history what most have forgotten today or never learned. Pure democracies do not work. They implode. Democracy has been colorfully described as two wolves and a lamb voting on what's for dinner. In a pure democracy, bare majorities can easily tyrannize the rest of a country. The founders wanted to avoid this at all costs. This is why we have three branches of government, executive, legislative, and judicial. It's why each state has two senators, no matter what its population, but also different numbers of representatives based entirely on population. It's why it takes a supermajority in Congress and three-quarters of the states to change the Constitution. And it's why we have the Electoral College. Here's how the Electoral College works. The presidential election happens in two phases. The first phase is purely democratic. We hold 51 popular elections every presidential election year, one in each state and one in D.C. On election day in 2012, you may have thought you were voting for Barack Obama or Mitt Romney, but you were really voting for a slate of presidential electors. In Rhode Island, for example, if you voted for Barack Obama, you voted for the state's four Democratic electors. If you voted for Mitt Romney, you were really voting for the state's four Republican electors. 
Part two of the election is held in December. And it is this December election among the state's 538 electors, not the November election, which officially determines the identity of the next president. At least 270 votes are needed to win. Why is this so important? Because the system encourages coalition building and national campaigning. In order to win, a candidate must have the support of many different types of voters from various parts of the country. Winning only the South or the Midwest is not good enough. You cannot win 270 electoral votes if only one part of the country is supporting you. But if winning were only about getting the most votes, a candidate might concentrate all of his efforts in the biggest cities or the biggest states. Why would that candidate care about what people in West Virginia or Iowa or Montana think? But, you might ask, isn't the election really only about the so-called swing states? Actually, no. If nothing else, safe and swing states are constantly changing. California voted safely Republican as recently as 1988. Texas used to vote Democrat. Neither New Hampshire nor Virginia used to be swing states. Most people think that George W. Bush won the 2000 election because of Florida. Well, sort of, but he really won the election because he managed to flip one state which the Democrats thought was safe, West Virginia. Its four electoral votes turned out to be decisive. No political party can ignore any state for too long without suffering the consequences. Every state, and therefore every voter in every state, is important. The Electoral College also makes it harder to steal elections. Votes must be stolen in the right state in order to change the outcome of the Electoral College. With so many swing states, this is hard to predict and hard to do. But without the Electoral College, any vote stolen in any precinct in the country could affect the national outcome, even if that vote was easily stolen in the bluest California precinct or the reddest Texas one. The Electoral College is an ingenious method of selecting a president for a great, diverse republic such as our own. It protects against the tyranny of the majority, encourages coalition building, and discourages voter fraud. Our founders were proud of it. We can be too. I'm Tara Ross for Prager University. Join Prager University. Click here to subscribe to... Okay, I think... Let's see if we can get... bring. Can we bring Keith in here? Can we do Keith? Okay, let's try this one. The George Wilder Jr. Show is on the air. I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. I am confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon, and I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. The important stuff first. There are seven routes in front of Trump. Each inevitably ends in his impeachment or resignation. The first, the likeliest, became a thousand times more likely with the Thanksgiving news of a possible deal between Robert Mueller and General Michael Flynn. As I reported here as long ago as April 4th, the most specifically qualified expert alive on the subject of prosecuting a president, my friend, the Nixon White House counsel John Dean, put it to me very simply. Mueller is not shooting down. Mueller does not make a deal with Flynn to get Paul Manafort. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Jared Kushner. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Trump Jr. Mueller makes a deal with Flynn to get Donald Trump. Period. The Flynn deal report suggests Mueller has completely assembled the backbone of his case and is now just hanging the meat from it. 
And just as importantly, if Flynn has merely considered a deal from Mueller, it almost necessarily means Flynn either doesn't believe he would get a pardon from Trump or that Mueller, as I've also reported here, has succeeded in finding a way around Trump's pardon power. And either of these near certainties spell Trump's doom. So that's the most obvious of the seven ways for Trump to go now. Mueller really will get him on Russia. It will be ugly, and it will tear this country nearly apart, but it will be necessary. The second way is, as I've also repeatedly suggested here, that Mueller doesn't really need to prove anything about Trump and Russian sabotage of the election. There seems to be so much obstruction of justice, from the firing of James Comey to the lies about Trump Jr.'s meetings with the Russians, that it's hard to pick out a key player in the Trump inner circle uh, who could not be guilty of it. Trump could be impeached on just obstruction of justice and a few lesser charges. Nixon was about to be. Or there is a third way. We could be spared the trauma of a Russia impeachment or an obstruction of justice impeachment as we were spared it with Nixon. If Trump is smart or just sufficiently scared enough and he resigns. Or if he isn't, those around him who could still sell themselves by selling him out will force him to resign. A modified version of this, of course, is the fourth possible outcome that even if Mueller is months away from his denouement, the Republicans will impeach or remove Trump by spring purely to save their own asses. The state elections in Virginia and Oklahoma earlier this month show what could face Republican incumbents nationwide next November. Not only were Democratic victories overwhelming, but half of them were little morality plays. The 26-year-old lesbian beats the Republican in the district Trump won by nearly 40 points a year ago. The transgendered candidate in Virginia beats the guy who wrote an anti-equality bathroom bill. The boyfriend of a news reporter shot to death on camera beats the Republican pro-NRA candidate. I'll say it again. Richard Nixon was not forced out of office by Democrats, not really even by Watergate. Democrats controlled the Senate and the House every day Richard Nixon was president. They could have impeached him at any point. He resigned when the leading Republicans went into the White House and told him that not only would he be impeached and convicted, but he would take all of them down with him and they were not going to let him do that. So that's the fourth way out. Trump becomes more of an albatross to Republicans and more importantly more of a rallying cry to Democrats and the Republicans remove him before the midterms and then boastfully run for re-election on having removed him. The fifth (laughs) endgame is the same thing only faster. The Republicans around him pull off that palace coup that is perfectly legal under the 25th Amendment and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell eject Trump by simply stating he is unfit and getting their majorities to agree he's unfit. And if you don't think Pence and Ryan and McConnell would do that, you didn't see Trump's crazy tweet about the Man of the Year award or this thing in front of the Native Americans on Monday, and you you don't know Pence and Ryan and McConnell. The sixth (laughs) means by which Trump leaves early is, of course, that if the Republicans don't impeach Trump before the midterms, the Democrats will be able to after the midterms. If Virginia and New Jersey and Oklahoma are indicators, the Democrats could take the House and might need as few as 25 vulnerable Republicans in the Senate to vote guilty to remove Trump from office. But now there is a seventh new path to destruction for Trump, and it has bubbled up from the sewer of his life recently. And even with how Teflon he has been on this particular subject, it seems hard to believe the dam won't break. His sexual conduct. 
as not one snowball, but a decade's worth of them have come down that hill, wiping out all the sleaze bags and emboldening and empowering the victims, it seems impossible to believe that some claimant somewhere does not have tangible evidence against Trump and that they won't say to hell with it and break one of those non-disclosure agreements and Trump will suddenly be envying Harvey Weinstein. Trump himself inadvertently has hinted at this. The New York Times buried the lead on this over the weekend, but it reported that earlier this year, Trump told a senator that the Access Hollywood pussy grabber tape was a fake. And he has said the same thing again <laughs> recently to a White House staffer. He's obviously trying to work the refs of public opinion in advance for whatever He's is coming next lying. from a woman here or from Russia. So I don't see any way out for Trump. Seven freight trains rushing. I don't either, after. actually. Might I really don't. Pardon might. me, Keith. I don't see a way out for Trump either. I really don't. Because Trump is still saying to everyone that he thinks he deserves the Nobel Peace Prize. And that's one of the things I've been saying for the longest. And we all know Trump is about Trump. Trump does not deserve the Nobel Peace Prize in no way, shape, or form. He is a crook a criminal, a mobster, a mafia-type thug. He does not deserve the Nobel Peace Prize. Then it's up to us, the people uh, of the United States, to say whether he deserves the Nobel Peace Prize or not. Not himself. He puts himself out there. He brags about himself. He does not deserve the Nobel Peace Prize. I don't care what anybody says. He's, well, we brought home three uh, prisoners from... Uh, from North Korea. I don't think Trump had a, played a part in that. It, the only thing I believe Trump thinks is that he should get the credit because it happened on his watch, even though he did not have a thing to do with them releasing these three uh, prisoners uh, from North Korea. But, you know, no, he does not deserve the uh, uh, Nobel Peace Prize. And I don't care what anybody say across the world uh, that he does. He does not. The people decides whether he gets the Nobel Peace Prize or not. Not Donald Trump. He doesn't decide that he gets something which he doesn't deserve. Wow. This is just crazy. And there's more uh, bombshell news about Trump and his lawyer, um, uh, Michael Cohen. They're saying that Michael Cohen is probably going to get prison time prison time and um donald trump was in full meltdown mode one morning when he threatened to strip the media of their credentials because they are mean to him he doesn't like what the media is saying he's the president of the united states folks donald trump is but he can't take the heat he can't take uh, criticism, but he can surely give it out. Remember all those years he was criticizing Obama, but he can't. Now he wants to strip out the Second Amendment from uh, the media because they're printing stuff about him that he doesn't like. That is cruel to him, although it's true. <laughs> None. It's not. So he's always calling them fake news. The only thing that's fake is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a fake president because uh, Russia and a lot of these uh, uh, corporations and companies 
helped him win, helped him get in the White House as he conned his way into the White House. Now he wants to take away the media's credentials, credentials, saying the hell with the Second Amendment, the hell with it, because they're treating him mean. Well, Donald Trump, if you does, if you do something nice, if you do something that's um, newsworthy, that is good, then we, the media, will say nice things about you, so you don't hate us. But there's no way he can strip away the Second Amendment. Not, not this clown, not this fool, not this buffoon, not this idiot, this stupid person. No way he he's gonna. Uh, strip away the First Amendment. It's just not going to happen. And okay, something popped up on my screen here. <laughs> there's no way he's going to do that. You know, um, no way. Even though the Republicans control everything, there's no way they're going to strip away the. I don't know. These guys are these guys guys and girls are just as bad as Donald Trump. They are afraid to stand up to them. But I just don't see them stripping away the Second Amendment from the Constitution. breaking the laws of the Constitution. Yeah, so Donald Trump is, is threatening the media again. Uh, and I just think this is just another example of so many, many examples of Donald Trump uh, distracting the public away from the current scandal of events surrounding him. That's all this is. And, and also, this is another uh uh attempt not a that that's the wrong word this is another uh tweet where donald trump is just talking out of his ass that's all he, that's all he's doing talking out of his ass in a day or two this will be all forgotten by donald trump he says things and then he you know he goes on to say something else and he, he's going to distract away from this he's going to distract away from that uh i think donald trump should keep on tweeting I really do. I think the guy should keep tweeting as long as he can, because I think the long, the long, the longer he tweets, the more he incriminates himself. And in this tweet, somebody had to help him to spell credentials. I bet he, <laughs> because he's he misspells everything, and his grammar is atrocious. We know that he's not a smart guy when we read when we read his tweets and he just pops them off he pops them off and everybody in the world is telling him to stop tweeting stop tweeting so uh, we're not telling him to stop tweeting no more because we know that he's, he's incriminating himself by doing this Mueller, uh special counsel Mueller, who's looking in, into the russia investigation of the, of the 2016 election he's got mo he got more than what he needs through donald trump to uh prosecute this guy he says Donald Trump has given the prosecution more than what they need. He and that damn Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I mean, they just, these are just some ignorant people, man, uh, controlling, uh, trying to lead the world. And as I've said before, they cannot govern. These people cannot govern. They don't know the first thing about leading a country. What they're doing is lining their pockets with taxpayer money and Russian money. This is what they're doing, laundering money. And I think um, Robert Mueller, the special counsel, I think he has enough of this. I think he has enough of this 
enough of this to bring uh, um, Trump down. And Stormy Daniels and the rest of those uh, women that he sexually assaulted, allegedly sexually assaulted, because it ha- you have to say allegedly because it hasn't been proven in court. Uh, but there's plenty of evidence of that happening because of the hush agreements that were, in other words, the, the disclosure agreements that he had all these women sign to keep their mouths shut about what happened. <laughs> That's just as much guilt right there. You know, so uh, Donald Trump was in full meltdown one morning, okay, when he threatened to uh, strip the media of their credentials because they they're treating him mean i think that's just just another uh tweet where he's tweeting out of his ass talking out of his butt and then he's going to go and say something else stupid and the media is going to pick up on it donald trump has to understand one thing he's the president of the united states what he says make news whatever comes out of his mouth makes news his actions uh are news he has to understand, but um, you know, he's 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 who he is who what he is. If I said that properly, he he is what he is, a liar. Okay, we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna be right back. It's uh, just about almost seven o'clock, uh, maybe ten or fifteen minutes before seven in the city of Chicago. A little earlier, a little later, uh, where you are, and uh, we've been talking about Trump, and uh, he's going to be stripping the media of their credentials if they don't start being nice to him. Oh, wow. Give me a break. Um, um, yeah. And uh, there's some more bombshell news, some more stuff that's going to be coming uh, of this whole situation. And we're going to talk about it as soon as we get back. Get the 
I just got through talking about Donald Trump was uh, in full meltdown mode uh, uh, one morning when he threatened recently threatened the media with taking away their credentials because they uh, uh, were mean to him. In other words, he wants to strip them of their power to say nasty. He wants to strip the press. Uh, I'm pretty sure when he's when he's talking about stripping the media of their credentials. He's talking about maybe two or three media outlets out there, but I'm pretty sure he's not including Fox News. Sean Hannity, I'm pretty sure he's not including uh, that. All right, the White House is committed to a free press, Sarah Sanders is saying. White House is committed to a 
free press after Donald Trump said that he was going to try and strip them of their credentials because they weren't nice to him. Uh, And now she's saying the White House is committed to a free press. I just got through saying, folks, Donald Trump was just talking out of his ass. He always does that. He tries to he tries to scare people. I guess he's trying to scare the press and uh, people like uh, us who say not so nice things about Trump and he doesn't like it. He's just like Hillary Clinton said from the start. This guy is thin skinned. He can't take it. He can dish it out, but he can't take it. He can't take it. And now Sarah, she just justified my thought. Um, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders said on uh, Wednesday that the Donald Trump administration is committed to a free press. Then why the hell did he say he wanted to take away their credentials? They, they're always trying to wipe, wipe it up for Trump. It's a mess. They're out there to wipe it up. You know, uh, this is the president of the United States. Okay, Sarah, Sarah Sanders Huckabee said during her daily press briefing, which I don't watch, I never watch her daily press, press meet, meetings from the White House because I just think there's a, it's a bunch of bullshit. I don't watch it. I don't waste my time. Okay, quoting her, this is one of the most accessible White Houses, as <laughs> you want to bet, uh, a sentiment she insisted uh, other reporters share. We have very, she can, I mean, Sarah Huckabee Sanders come up with a BS, don't she? Especially when this president done stepped in it. They're all trying to wipe his ass after he done made a big mess. You know, after he done made a big mess, Trump should uh, uh, shut his mouth, but he can't do that. He should stop tweeting. He can't do that. And as I've said before, all he does is incriminate himself. More and more and more and more. And he will be taken out of the White House, just like uh, Michael Cohen is probably will probably get uh, jail time for his shenanigans. Uh, and Trump is still saying he knows nothing about nothing. This is your personal lawyer. This is your closest friend. This is the guy who sits across uh, from your office. This is a guy who takes care of everything. And you're going to say you know nothing about the crimes he's committed? You weren't involved? There was no collusion? Give me a break. Give the American people a break. Wow. And Michael uh, Evanetti, uh, Stormy Daniels' uh, lawyer, he is all over Trump and Michael Cohen. Wow. Okay, Michael Cohen got $500,000, a half a million dollars from a Moscow oligarch. Wow, that's, that's, and I'm hearing that uh, that money that Donald Trump was paying to uh, a lot of uh, people to keep quiet about his, indis- about his sexual misconduct. You know, there are so many uh, disclosure agreements out there signed by Donald Trump, implemented by Donald Trump, for these women to keep their mouths shut, it's mind-boggling. Okay, um, the company, all right, the co- company, Michael Cohen, Stormy Daniels, 130000 So therefore, basically, he was just talking out of his ass again, Donald Trump, and that's what he does, and that's who he, who, who he is. I'm going to read a tweet from... Uh, Okay, this is Donald Trump. The fake news is working overtime. 
this is one of his tweets, just reported that despite the tremendous success we are having with the economy, really? I guess he's touting the job support, which is 3.4%. That is still Obama's. If you think about it, folks, that's still Obama. That This is Obama's job support, not Trump's. This is still trickling down from Obama. But since it's happening on since it's happening on Donald Trump's watch, he's taking uh, as he as he does, he's taking uh, credit for it, which he doesn't deserve. Okay, and all things else, ninety percent, ninety one percent of the network news about me is negative. I wouldn't say ninety one percent of it. I would probably say ninety five to one hundred percent of it's negative about him. One of the things, the reason why the news is so negative about Donald Trump is that Donald Trump makes it negative about himself. He makes it negative. If he does something good or something great or something wonderful for the country, he would get positive news about himself, calling the news fake. And, and, and he goes on to say in, in this tweet, why do we work so hard in working with the media when it is corrupt? Take away credentials. Oh, he's not saying their credentials should be taken away. He's saying blatantly take away their credentials. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders said after he made that, uh, tweeted that, said that the White House is committed to a free press. They, these people are not on the same page. They're Republicans. They're working with each other side by side. They're in the, they're, they're a circle of, of, of politicians. Uh, corrupt, but they're not on the same page. You know, Donald Trump says something, they contradict what he says. Sarah Sanders and Kellyanne Conway say something on television, Donald Trump doesn't like it, he contradicts them. These people are not on the same page. They can't manage to get their lives straight. They, 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 they have to get some sort of organization when, when they're lying. They, they can't get their lives straight. Cohen, Michael Cohen and Donald Trump, they can't get their lies straight, throw stuff out. And I've always said Trump talks out of his ass, but he is a dangerous man. Do not ever forget that. Donald Trump is a dangerous, dangerous man. And the stupidity is, is, is from Donald Trump is bound. Okay, uh, before we were cut off, I was talking about... Uh, uh, I was reading this. Uh, the company that Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's lawyer, uh, used to pay $130,000 to a porn star also received, it also received massive sums of money from an investment firm tied to Vladimir Putin in a document released by uh, Michael Vanonetti. Okay, all of this is just uh, reporting, okay? And uh, they have said that they vetted these, these documents that uh, Stormy Daniels' lawyer submitted to the media, and they found them to be credible. All right. Let's see what this, this is. This is saying that... The people routed eight payments to Mr. Cohen 
through a company named Columbus Nova, LLC. Beginning January 2017, and, and at least through August uh, 2017, according to a document, these payments added a added to $500,000, half a million dollars, and so on in payments. Wow, this is something. This says that uh, somebody's going to do some real good time in jail. It happens that the funds uh, uh, may replenish the account following it and to Clifford, a.k.a. Stormy Daniels. Okay, all right. So... Basically, what they're saying, uh, Michael Cohen is in Michael Cohen is in really deep, deep shit, and Donald Trump is also in deep, deep shit. But every, but every uh, uh, scandal like this, Donald Trump finds a way to uh, distract you. You're paying attention to that. What what's happening over there? Donald Trump is going to distract you with something over here. And keep in mind, folks, while we're following this garbage of Donald Trump, what do you think the Republicans are doing in Congress? They're crafting all kinds of bills, signing all kinds of bills, uh, getting all kinds of bills so they can put it on Donald Trump and he can sign it through uh, uh, into law. Bills that that are going to hurt America. We hardly ever hear anything about Congress. It's all about Donald Trump. Nothing in the news about Congress because they're not doing anything. If they're doing anything, they're doing, they're undermining America. They're coming up with all kinds of things to uh, hurt America that we don't hear about. The Republicans are working in silence as Donald Trump distract us with more bullshit. So you have to pay attention. You pay attention to Donald Trump because Donald Trump is the, is the uh, president, but you also need to find out what the hell is Congress doing while we're paying attention to Donald Trump's shit, while Donald Trump is distracting us away from what the Republicans in Congress may be doing to help destroy America. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and we're just trying to make the world a better place, folks. That's all we're trying to do here. Answers we've made It is no surprise that so many of us are utterly devastated by the election of Donald Trump. I have been very clear about my opposition to this president. And everyone knows what I believe. I believe he is one of the most dishonorable, deceitful, and despicable people ever to hold public office. has undermined the rule of law. He has isolated the United States allies. He has decimated our country's standing and leadership around the world. He has empowered and emboldened white nationalists, racist criminals, and con men just like himself. He flew to Puerto Rico after the island was ravaged by a hurricane, insulted San Juan's mayor, and proceeded to throw paper towels at our fellow Americans who are to this day still trying to recover from that storm. He endorsed a pedophile that ran for the United States Senate and defended wife beaters on his White House staff. 
This man lies on a daily basis. And for all of the people and institutions he has insulted over the last two years, the only person he will not offend or criticize is Vladimir Putin. A brutal dictator who does not share our nation's interests around the world. Of course, none of this should surprise any of us because Donald Trump revealed and showed us who he is and what he was all about throughout his campaign. You may have heard that Donald Trump recently attacked me at the Grand Island Club dinner last week. And people are asking me, oh my goodness, what do you think about that? Well, I tell you what I think about it. I certainly expected him to do something like that. I don't know why it took him so long. Don't forget, this man who's disparaging me has been called stupid, ignorant, uninformed, unhinged, and a moron by his own staff and appointees. And so he had the nerve to attack me. I'm in this fight. I am not going to back down. And I believe that all of us deserve better than Donald Trump. I believe this country deserves better than Donald Trump. I wanted everyone to know that they had a right to be angry about the election of Trump, that this president is not normal, but that all is not lost, because each of us has the power to set this country back on track. I feel very confident and hopeful about the future because I know there are so many people here tonight and in cities and towns across the United States who are about to reclaim their time and reclaim this country. So, we are counting on all of you to show up during the 2018 midterms and vote for people who will restore this democracy and uphold everything that we have fought for to advance the LGBTQ equality. And ladies and gentlemen, again, I keep bringing up Mueller's name because I have so much faith in him. I like the work that he's doing. I think he's going to get him. <laughs> he's going to get him. <laughs> I did I really and did if, I hope so. for some reason, he's not able to get him, I'm counting on Stormy to do it. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders field several questions during uh, Wednesday daily press briefing about Cohen's payments. I'm pretty sure she dodged it. I'm pretty sure she dodged a lot of things that were being said. Uh, she doesn't answer anything. She says, I refer to, refer to him. I don't know. I don't know. Um, she's um, trying to, trying to uh, deflect and all this kind of thing, uh, distract in the press briefing, I wouldn't believe the things she says. Like I said before, folks, I don't watch it. I have no uh, uh, benefit of, of, I don't get any benefit of watching of watching her, you know, answer questions or deflate or not answer or or spin or pivot. I, I don't uh, um, get into those kinds of things. Maybe you do. I don't. I don't watch White House press briefings. It's, you know, I don't want to hear a lot of lies and and she's 
yelling and screaming at the reporters like they're in a kindergarten class or something, and she's the big bad teacher. Uh, you know, so I don't know. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It has been fun so far, folks. I've had a great time so far. And uh, we're having some difficulties uh, today. Uh, I think the Internet is slowing down or something, whatever it is. Anyway, this is Internet radio folks all over the world. Some people call call this a podcast. I don't like the word podcast. I rather have, I rather have the saying of Internet radio. Let it be Internet radio and not a podcast. But it, it is what it is, whether you call it a podcast or an internet show or an internet radio show on the computer. It, it's a million of them out there. I think there's a million shows out there, but I would like to say that my show is one of the popular ones, you know, among a lot of popular ones, I'm pretty sure. And podcasts, I, I would probably say anybody can do a podcast. I mean, you can have a podcast with your family. You guys can go on the radio uh, get a podcast and have some fun. And hey, a lot of people out there listen to you. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, well, we don't have the, the voice or the talent to be a radio host or television host. I think you do. I think everybody has some sort of talent to do what to, to do anything their heart wants them to do. One of the things about being a radio host, you have to want to do it and you have to know that you can do it and you have to be willing to learn uh, along the way learn along the way. I've listened to a lot of podcasts, a lot of internet radio shows, and the host wasn't the greatest, but at least you can tell that they were having fun. And a lot of people, I believe, get podcasts, radio podcast shows, internet shows, all because they want to help people. They want to get the word out to folks out there that there is someone out there that has gone through some of the same things that they've gone through and now that they've fixed their lives and and they are financially stable they want to teach everyone else how to do that and that's great i mean i don't think people go out and get a podcast or internet radio show uh to try to say i'm better than you are no i think they get it because they want to help and motivate and energize other people out there who were maybe once in the predicament that they were in. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block. Something just popped up on my screen here, folks. All righty, let's do. All right, we're gonna let's see. Can we take a um, a musical break? Maybe do this. We'll be right back. Underworld. 
the Republican plan, independent senator of Vermont, Bernie Sanders, who caucuses with the Democrats. He's also the ranking member of the Senate Budget Committee. Senator Sanders, uh, good to see you as always. President Trump is accusing Democrats of being obstructionists on the tax issue. He tweeted, quote, if Democrats were not such obstructionists and understood the power of lower taxes, we would, we would be able to get many of their ideas into the bill. What's your response? Well, that's total nonsense. Democrats have been completely shut out of this process, just as they were shut out of the health care uh, legislation process. Here is the fact, and Trump should understand this. What this legislation is about is fulfilling the promises, Republican promises, made to wealthy campaign contributors. There is a reason why the billionaire class provides hundreds of millions of dollars in campaign contributions to Republicans. And now is payback time. What this legislation is about, Jake, is giving 50% of the tax benefits to the top 1%, and at the end of 10 years in the House bill, forcing almost 50% of the middle class to actually pay more in taxes. What this legislation is about, absolutely insanely, is repealing the estate tax, a $269 billion tax break, not for the top 1%, but for the top two-tenths of 1%, a handful of the wealthiest families in this country, like the Walton family and the Koch brothers' family and mm -hmm. other very, very wealthy families. So, Senator... And by the way, yeah. by the way, Jake, one other point. When they run up a $1.5 trillion deficit, as they will in this legislation, they're going to come back, and that's what Paul Ryan is saying, they're going to come back with massive cuts to Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, because they say, oh, my goodness, the deficit and the national debt are too high. This is a terrible, terrible piece of legislation, and it must be defeated. So Republicans' response to the idea that 50 percent is going to the top 1 percent is the top 1 percent pays a disproportionate amount of taxes. I do want to better understand your objection to, the, to the, this aspect of the bill. Is it the size of the tax cut going to the wealthy that bothers you or the idea that the wealthy are getting any tax cut at all? Well, first of all, what the Republicans are forgetting about is, yeah, the rich pay more in taxes because we have massive income and wealth inequality in America. Fifty-two percent of all new income in America is going to the top one percent. Duh. Yeah, the rich are going to be paying more in taxes. But does anybody watching this program really believe that the major crisis facing our country, when the middle class is shrinking, when our infrastructure is falling apart, when young people can't afford to go to college or are leaving school deeply in debt, when 28 million people have no health insurance, does anyone really think that the major crisis facing this country is the need to give hundreds of billions of dollars in tax breaks to the very richest people in this country? A centerpiece of this tax bill is a significant reduction in the corporate tax rate. Is it not true that lowering corporate tax rates uh, would encourage more companies to set up shop here in the United States and discourage them from no, doing, it's doing it? It's not true. No, it's not true in this sense. First of all, the Republicans are not telling the truth about the effective corporate tax rate. Nominally, it is 35 percent. Effectively, it's somewhere around 14 or 15 percent. Second of all, what they are trying to do is pass what is called a territorial uh, tax uh, program, which will, in fact, lower taxes for corporations that invest abroad. In fact, a very serious argument can be made that their legislation will result in the exodus of jobs from the United States, companies going abroad, paying lower taxes there. Our job right now is to end the absurdity of 
one out of five major profitable corporations in America today, today, not paying a nickel in federal taxes, their legislation would make it worse. And by the way, Jake, what they are also doing is making permanent, making permanent the corporate tax breaks, making temporary the tax breaks that benefit working families and the middle class. Absolutely crazy. As you know, uh, the Senate tax bill underwent uh, major change this week, and it now includes uh, repealing the individual mandate that is part of Obamacare. Uh, you and Senator Schumer quickly denounced the move, saying that this would throw 13 million people off of health insurance. Now, the Washington Post's fact checker uh, looked at the claim and gave Senator Schumer uh, two Pinocchios for that because these people would be voluntarily going without insurance because they no longer have to pay a fine. How to, explain to me, how is giving people a choice whether or not to give a, uh, have health care and not having a fine anymore, how is that throwing 13 million people off of health insurance? Well, 13, there will be 13, we already have 28 million people who have no health insurance. Every other major country on earth guarantees health care to all people. What would happen here is 13 million more people would not have health insurance. Now, some people say, well, if I'm 25 years of age and I'm healthy, hey, no problem. I'm not going to buy health insurance. Well, you know what? 25-year-olds come down and are diagnosed with leukemia. They get hit by buses. And you know who's going to have to pick up the bill for those 25-year-olds? Uh, you are, I am, and everybody else in America who is now paying for health insurance. The studies indicate that when you repeal the individual mandate, uh, what you're going to see is premiums go up for everybody else by about 10% because your pool of consumers will be older and sicker. Our job is to join the rest of the industrialized world, guarantee health care to all people as right, end the absurdity of our country paying twice as much per capita as any other country, not have a situation where 13 million more Americans don't have health insurance. George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me.
The George Wilder okay, Jr. Show is now right, on the air. Yours. It is all okay. We heard that. Okay, no, it's not. Anyway, uh, Kellyanne Conway, uh, uh, she's on CN- CNN, and she she was asked if she believed that Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump, uh, did not have affair with Stormy Daniels. Uh, Kellyanne Conway says, "Well, if he denied it, so I have no reason." Uh, no reason not to believe it. In other words, she's saying that if Trump says he denied having an affair uh, with this woman, she has no reason not to believe him. These, and she's sitting, uh, if, I, I saw this, uh, I, I, I believe I saw her on CNN, uh, on one of the talk shows, the news shows, and you can tell she has on piles and piles of makeup. I guess she'd been told that she's ugly so many times that she had to do something uh, in front of the camera. Even she probably agreed with it. You know, she had on piles and piles of makeup. She is not a good-looking woman, and she knows it. Uh, and 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 it makes it worse that she goes on these shows and she lies and she sticks up for Donald Trump, who is a known sexual abuser, who is a crook who is a, and this is why so many people are calling her ugly, not because uh, of her actual looks, it's because of her lies and her, uh, uh, actually her lies and her not being coherent at what she's talking about. And it's about uh, her trying to pivot or not to answer a direct question when she's asked by one of the moderators. And I, I remember watching Kellyanne Conway one day, and she was all over the place, answering questions, talking. She would talk, she would talk over and above the person asking questions. <laughs> she would want to get what she has to say out the hell with everybody else. You know, I mean, I don't understand why Kellyanne Conway, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and a lot of other these, and a lot of other women. How could they actually support Trump when he he has been the worst for women? He thinks women are second class citizens. And but these three women, they to me, you know, Trump is the pimp and these women are these women like Kellyanne Conway and Sarah and Sarah Sanders, they're his <laughs> whores, you know. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. and I, I say that in jest, but I, I don't know uh, why they do this. I'm like Barbara Bush, the late Barbara Bush. Why are so many women supporting Donald Trump after he done, he would throw them under the bus? He, he sexually assaulted them. He's lying. He's giving them. And you wonder why these women don't come out and talk and say anything uh, against Donald Trump because they have disclosure dis- agreements. He paid them cash money. He paid them off to, to sign these agreements. Uh, hush money not to say anything about their affairs because if one of these women did say something about their affairs they would break the contract and then Trump could turn around and sue them and it's all legal it's all legal it's wrong it's it's wrong headed but it's legal and that's what makes this thing horribly bad and we're about we're about off the air today folks tonight on the George Wilder Jr. show, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be more and more coming out of the Trump White House that we're going to be able to talk about tomorrow, okay? 
Uh, so uh, we're just about off the air, and I want to say join me tomorrow on the George Wilder Jr. Show. There will be more things happening, more good talk. I mean, it, and once again, if you have something you want to talk about, uh, my number, you know the number is right there on your screen. Uh, and if you have something you want to push, no problem. Just inbox me or call or whatever you want to do, and we'll see what we can do about that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. I want to say everybody have a great evening, have a good night, and thank you for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is always appreciated. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Heaven help the black man if he struggles one more day. Heaven help the white man if he turns back way. Heaven help the man who kicks the man in his fall. Heaven help the song. Thanks for listening.